On the show today, I am very excited to have two special guests who were both at the last Supernova Comic-Con and Gaming Expo. First up is the star of Ruby, the incredible animated series produced by Rooster Teeth, and that is Kara Eberly. Then, original Power Rangers star Karen Ashley. It's going to be a great show, don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Benjamin May McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host Benjamin, this is our final show for July. What a great start to the year it's been, I can't believe we're already halfway through. We've had so many wonderful interviews and you can check out, you know, if you missed any of them, you can check them all out now. They're on iTunes, they're on SoundCloud, they're on all of the usual places you can get your podcasts from, as well as obviously our wonderful website. Uh, preacherspodcast.net, as this is a uh, show, a podcast that's produced by Preachers Podcast online and on stage. And there's so many wonderful things that the company does, including the Phoenix Files audio dramas, a series of stage shows, including Great Detectives, and there's a whole lot more coming soon. So uh, keep an eye on the site. So many exciting things. And speaking of exciting things, I've got two incredible guests on the show today. First up is voice artist Cara Eberly. She's lovely. I uh, had the great pleasure of hosting her a couple of times out in... Uh, uh, in Sydney and Perth, and uh, we had uh, had a great time on stage there. The fans absolutely love her, and I know that some of you guys definitely came out to those panels, and you came up and said hi after. That's always appreciated. If you see me at events like Supernova, come say hi. I don't bite. I, uh, I do talk, and I do smile. Um, and then also Karen Ashley, who I also had the pleasure of hosting. She's one of the Power Rangers, and she's just so lovely. Um, we had a, had a great chat at a, at a breakfast buffet. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Now, um, here is my first interview of the show. Here's Miss Cara Eberly. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining me today, Cara. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Now, what inspired you to pursue a career in the performance industry? Well, believe it or not, um, I majored in communication studies, um, and I always found it very interesting uh, the way that people can communicate just through not only the words and uh, exactly what they say, but also how they say it, which kind of sounds crazy, but it does circle back into what I do. Uh, Monty had approached me, the creator of Ruby, when I was a receptionist at Brewster Teeth, and I had never done voice acting before. Um, I had never really thought about it. But when uh, he said he was willing to give me a chance and really thought I would be great, I, you know, <laughs> went hard to work and I went into my closet and I did a bunch of different kind of voices trying to communicate exactly what I was feeling with just three words, which was Weiss's first lines and the first, uh, the second episode of the first volume, which was, what are you doing? And I probably said, what are you doing over a thousand times in about a 500 different ways? So I just think it's honestly so amazing to be able to portray, uh, you know, a character and a person without ever really seeing the human behind it, you know? Absolutely. And do you enjoy the freedom of not having to look as your character may look on screen? Well, honestly, I would love to look like Weiss personally. <laughs> I, I wish I had her, her hair. Her hair is longer than mine. But, yes, I, I, I'd much rather would be behind the camera than in front of it. I get very nervous around uh, cameras that are live and doing, you know, live interviews. But, you know, um, I, I feel a little bit of safety behind the microphone. And obviously the show has had global success. 
Was that something you ever predicted when you started recording for the show? Oh, yeah. I knew it was going to be a giant hit. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, my goodness. I could have only dreamt. So <laughs> it is, it's still something that, I, I mean, I, I still pinch myself almost daily. Um, you know, when I get on, on Twitter and I see, you know, people that are talking to me and they have no idea, you know, only who Kara is, but they're just interested in the person behind, you know, wife and getting the chance and the opportunity to travel and go to places I never thought that I would go to, much less, you know, Australia, Supernova. I've always wanted to go to Supernova for ever since I heard about it, much less go now as someone who people are going to also see. It was kind of crazy to me. But at the same time, it's so cool, you know? It, it's something that I'm, I'm definitely honored and humbled by, but it's, it's so exciting. The opportunity to meet people that like the same things you do is, is so cool and so great. And I'm finally all these people I've been talking to online for the past six years, I finally get to meet, and I'm so, I mean, I keep saying excited, but I can't, you know, thrilled, ecstatic. <laughs> well, it's certainly going to be exciting. And you mentioned to me that this is your first time in Australia. So what are you most looking forward to seeing or doing? Oh, I... Really, anything and everything that I can, I, I want to see, I, I really want to see, it's going to sound funny, I want to see, see a koala, though, really bad, and I want to hold one, and I heard they were horribly, um, they could be violent at times, but I, I'm thinking, well, I have a cat, and sometimes she's pretty violent with her claws, so I think I could survive a koala, but I also want to see a kangaroo, and I don't know if I'm just being stereotypical or if they really exist there in Australia. So, <laughs> Oh, we have them. They're in zoos. I guarantee that somebody will take you to a zoo on your trip with Supernova. You will get to see a koala and a kangaroo. But, well, and then obviously the Sydney Opera House. That's a landmark. I definitely want to see that. Of course. It's, it's such a wonderful building. I mean, I've seen it for so many years. Like I said, I feel like, you know, Australia is this land that I've only seen in pictures and heard about. I'm like, this, is this place real or has everyone just been, you know, kidding with me all these years? <laughs> well, obviously you're coming as part of Supernova and you're appearing in Sydney and Perth alongside a range of other fantastic guests. Is there anyone on the guest list that you're excited to meet? Um, am I correct in hearing that Chuck Norris is going to be there? That is correct, yes. Well, I would I would quite like to meet Mr. Norris and uh, and see and see if if he really is, has as quick of reflexes as he seems to have in all of the shows that he does. <laughs> he seems to be so quick. I'll just suddenly throw something and he'll catch it. I'll just like I want to just see him in the green room and suddenly all the, I I want to see him you know do a crazy kick and all this and see the real action of it. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put his skills to the test. Well, you've got to that. That's why we bring him. We bring him out here. We want to make sure he lives <laughs> up to everything. Right, exactly. I mean, not to mention, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited to be going there with my my other castmates, or I like to say my, I like to call her my schneester, um, Elizabeth Maxwell, who voices Winter Schnee, uh, my wife's sister, and Ruby. And uh, since they're sisters and their last name is Schnee, we came up with a pretty cute little name and we call ourselves the Schneesters. <laughs> sisters and Schnee, Schnee mix. So I'm excited to be going th uh, with her for my first time because we are really like 
real life big sis or real life sisters. So it's going to be, I'm just super thrilled about the entire opportunity and experience and see everybody finally it's, it's, it's been too long you have no idea how many people have been saying when are you coming to australia i'm like i want to come soon i would love to come i'm so excited well it's going to be wonderful now just finally before i let you go what advice would you offer to anyone looking to work as a voice artist well i'm gonna to have to pull from um my schneister as i just said <laughs> elizabeth maxwell who does always give the best advice. Me, um, as I had barely hinted at before, I was not a voice actress originally. You know, I was a receptionist and I kind of fell into it. Elizabeth is one that is, as I like to call, really a true, true, just professional of the talented in the arts. Um, And she, she always says, you know, and which is true, I've actually, there's several people that this is a, you know, really helps them out with is just reaching out locally. There are several just local like acting clubs and theater clubs to where you can just go and do improv and perform and really kind of let loose. And there's also workshops that are around in your neighborhood, believe it or not. There's, they do acting workshops that are a day or two long and you get to actually go and look at scripts and sit with a casting director that does stuff that, you know, actually does auditions on a you know day-to-day basis but this is just a Saturday thing and so you get to kind of be immersed in what it's like you get to learn your strong points and you know it's a lot of fun but at the same time it kind of gets your foot in the door so definitely you know do some research certainly well thank you so much for your wise words and your time today and I know that all of our listeners are really looking forward to seeing you in Australia at Supernova in Sydney and Perth later in June so excited too i can't wait to see everyone thank you so so much for your time that was my chat with the lovely cara eberly now here's my interview with karen ashley enjoy welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining me today thank you i'm so excited to be headed your way very soon (laughs) it is You're, you're in australia next week for sydney supernova and then the week after you're in perth what are you looking forward to about the events you know what? I'm just so happy to get back there. I don't know if you know, but when we shot the Power Rangers movie, we shot it in Sydney. The majority of it was in Sydney. So it's my first time back in 23 years since I shot the movie. So I can't wait to see how much the city has changed. I'm sure it's like night and day, but I, I'm just so excited to see all the fans and, you know, they've been getting in touch with me for years, honestly. And they've always been like, you know, you guys shot the movie here. So Power Rangers is special to them because we did that. So I just can't wait to see them. <laughs> now, when you were shooting Power Rangers, could you ever envisage that many years later, you'd still be talking about it and it would still have that same love and recognition? No, <laughs> I never thought, I mean, I, we knew at the time that it was the number one show in the world, but it's like, you don't even, it's kind of one of those things like, what does that mean? You know, does it make sense? But I thought it would have us run and then we'd all go and do other jobs and move on with our lives. And I remember probably 10 or 11 years ago, a couple of my cast members called me and invited me to come with them to a Comic-Con. Um, here in the States, and they said, the fans are dying to meet you. You know, they've, they've wanted to meet you, and you've got to come. And I was like, do they even know who we are? <laughs> and I went to the show, and literally, there was a six-hour wait for us, you know, for them to get our autograph. And, and I mean, it was just mind-boggling that we had a fandom that the show is still present. Like, they watch it regularly. 
They still watch the current seasons. They were super excited about the reboot movie. I mean, it's like it never ends. You know, every year we get new toys that are released that are in, you know, our our season Mighty Morphin, the legacy toys. So it's like Power Rangers just doesn't go away. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> it really doesn't. Now, what did you think of the recent reboot film? You know what? I loved it. I, it's funny because fans always ask me that, and I go, I love it. I thought the actors were really great. They really drew me in with their characters, you know, because in our day, Power Rangers, we were squeaky clean teens. So we were super, you know, perfect. And these kids had a, you know, they had more checkered backgrounds. And I think it was, it was definitely more relatable for this time. And, but they were still superheroes. So I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a great movie. And do you think that Power Rangers was really at the frontier of the, the superhero movement? Because, Back then, there weren't many superhero shows. Now, there's hundreds. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, since you put it that way. I mean, I remember we were super excited when we found out that the guys that made our Power Rangers suits had also worked on the Batman suits. So it was like, you know, there was really only, like, Batman. And there was, like, you know, there definitely weren't any teenagers that were superheroes. Um, so, for me, it was definitely, I always say that Power Rangers was ahead of its time. You know, it had a multicultural cast. It had, you know, what they called teenagers with attitude. And it really touched the, you know, it's touched, you know, so many different generations because I think that because there were six of us, there's someone that everyone can kind of relate to. So, you know, you might have been the smart kid or you might have been the jock or you might have been the sassy one and you like me, you know, it's like it just depended, you know, depended on your personality. But kids really, you know, love the fact that someone that looked like them could also save the world. 100%. Now, I want to take it back even further. What inspired you to pursue a career in the performance industry? Oh, man. I think I was born with it. I couldn't... I remember um, being very young, and I remember dreaming of, you know, performing in some way. At that time, I didn't know what direction I wanted to go in. And I actually got, you know, um, my first professional gig with a singing group called Crush, and we were signed to A&M Records for about five years, and we worked with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who were Janet Jackson's producers. And at that point, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a singer. But what was so funny about that journey is I had my first audition. I auditioned for Sister Act 2. I obviously didn't get the part. Lauren Hill got the part. But I was bit by the bug of acting. And I knew at that moment, like I was probably 15 years old, and I said, I'm going to become an actress. At some point, I'm going to become an actress. I'm moving to L.A., I'm going to do it. But I mean, literally, I can remember when I was, you know, three and four years old, just watching, you know, people on TV going, wow, I wish I could do that, you know, and, and luckily I've been able to fulfill that dream. Mm. So how did you make that happen? Did you undergo a lot of training? Did you, did you move out to LA quite young? No, I, I was living in Dallas, Texas, and I actually got my record deal while I was in Dallas, Texas. And I even auditioned for Power Rangers in Dallas, Texas. And it was just a big open call audition. They actually put a, an ad in the newspaper. And a friend of mine had saw the ad and said, you have to audition for this show. And at the time, I was like a senior in high school. So I was taking all of my college, you know, all the tests so that I could get into college. I had no idea what Power Rangers was. But she was like, you have to go. And I just remember showing up to the audition. And there were literally like thousands of people waiting in line to audition for this show. Um, 
And I just was like, oh, you know, and, and, and the hour that I spent waiting in line, there was a guy in line who kind of educated me on what Power Rangers was and what type of show it was. And, and I just was, I think, you know, my experience of I had auditioned for some commercials and I had done a little bit of work. And like I said, I auditioned for Sister Act 2. So I knew what I needed to do when I went in the room. Um, and so it just was one of those moments where it, I was a, you know, a girl from Texas that, you know, I auditioned and four days later I was a Power Ranger. And I remember being at the audition and them telling us that we got the television series and we'd been on the movie and they said, tell your parents to fed extra clothes because you're going to work on Monday. <laughs> we were like, what? <laughs> it was, it was sudden. It was a four day turnaround. It was the weirdest thing. That's insane. Now, obviously, there were a lot of stunts and martial arts that were done on Power Rangers. How much of that did you actually do, and were you prepared to do? You know what? I was, um, I did, it was like 50-50. We did have an amazing stunt team, an American stunt team, and an amazing Japanese stunt team. And back then, our show came on every single day. So we we were always behind the the eight ball on on delivering episodes. So we, we would literally shoot four episodes every two weeks. So, I mean, a lot of people go, what does that mean? Well, typical TV shows shoot one a week. So our workload was like doubled and tripled. Um, So we would literally be working on one side doing fights and they'd be on another side doing fights. Um, So it kind of was like 50-50, but um, I was a dancer and, and, you know, you had to be either a dancer, a gymnast, or a martial artist. And I was a dancer. So for me, learning the choreography was easy, but I did work with them really closely because, you know, there are certain ways that you have to kick and there are certain ways that you have to punch and there are certain ways that, you know, a a train fighter will know if you know it or not, or, or, or you could hurt yourself. You know, a lot of it has to do with safety. So I, in that respect, it was, it was difficult probably like the first month because I was just kind of thrown in and, and we never had a lot of time to prepare. They would literally say, go over there and you have like 10, 15 minutes and we're going to shoot you. (laughs) So we would just, you know, luckily that learning choreography kind of kicked in and I could get the moves. Um, and, but it it was very cool because the directors, they would kind of shoot it in segments. So you would go kick, kick, punch, and then they would move the camera. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was challenging, but I think like within a month I was, I was feeling good about it. And I just kept working the whole time I was on there. I was always working to try to perfect, um, what I was doing because a lot of the guys were, you know, very, very skilled martial artists. And I just didn't want to be the one who looked like, oh, she's the girl who doesn't know. <laughs> so I would just work and work. And, and luckily, I, I always tell people I was an actress who played a martial artist. <laughs> I was able to pull it off. And, and since then, you've done so much. You've worked in radio, uh, you've written, uh, you've produced TV and film. Why did you decide to, to yeah. take on so many different challenges? Oh, I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> you know what it is? I think when you're a creative person and you're lucky enough to work in a creative industry, for me, it was very therapeutic because when I would be, you know, you're waiting for your agents to call, you know, there's a lot of peaks and valleys for an actor. So for me, it was like, once I realized that I could create my own stuff and I could write my own stuff, the, day, the times that I wasn't working or the times that I had a lull in my career, I was still feeling great because I was in my element, you know? And then when you kind of get a taste of seeing something go from being on the page to actually go and, like, come alive right in front of your eyes, it's just invigorating, you know? And, and I tell kids all the time that we meet everywhere that, you know, 
this day and age, I wish we had YouTube. I wish we had cell phones that had quality HD cameras because I would have been shooting everything, you know? I would have been putting it online and doing that. But, yeah, for me, it was just a – I think it was just part of the process of staying creative and, and feeling, you know, fulfilled. When, even if you're working or not working, you're always working, you know? So, and, and I just, and I learned to love it. I really, I really started to love writing and I really loved um, creating a story. Absolutely. And what are you working on right now that our listeners can look forward to? Oh my gosh, I have an exciting project. It's actually going to debut in August of this year. It's called The Order. Um, it's a graphic novel series. It's, it, the actual title of the book is The Order, Icarus Rising. And it's going to be a three-part graphic novel series. Um, a lot of my fans know that we've been working on a film project that we're going to shoot next year. And the film project is also called The Order, but the, the graphic novel series is kind of the prequel stories. So these stories are going to open up, you know, the backstories to all these characters. And then where these graphic novels, where the series will lead you is where the film plot picks up. So, you know, I actually was able to talk about 15 of my former, uh, 15 former Power Rangers to join me in, in this movie. And so we, we've just been excited. I mean, we've had some major hiccups because, you know, we're a low-budget independent film and, you know, it's always low-budget blues. But we've really weathered the storm and we decided that we're going to release this graphic novel series at Power Morphicon, which is like our official big Power Ranger Comic-Con here in the States. And then we're going to have a, our, our big showing at New York, New York Comic Con this year. And we're just going to kind of take them along this journey with these, with these graphic novels and with this story. And we'll shoot the movie next year. And, and I think it's going to be really cool because a lot of the, the backstories for characters and a lot of the reasons why people end up the way they end up make the decisions they make. We couldn't fit all of that into one film. So it was like, it's kind of, it's like we kind of get a, I call it our little cheat sheet. We get to tell those stories that ended up on the, you know, editing room floor. And now they're going to get uh, a whole journey uh, of these people. But yeah, it's really cool. You can check us out on www.the-order-movie.com. And you can see our um, sizzle reel, which is kind of our proof of concept. But it shows all of the cast members that are attached, and it shows kind of that. And, and we'll, like I said, we'll be talking a lot more about the graphic novel series soon. That sounds fantastic. And I know fans are going to be so excited to see so many Power Rangers back together again on screen. <laughs> right? Yeah, they, you know what was so funny is we had to shoot um, this kind of con proof of concept because when we first started talking about working together, they instantly assumed we were going to do Power Rangers. And there are a lot of, you know, Power Ranger fan films and I mean, really high tech, beautiful films that are out there on YouTube that the fans and even professionals that have put together, but we had to kind of shoot this so that they knew like, okay, we're, this has nothing to do with Power Rangers. We're not going to be in spandex. We are going to be fighting. We might be fighting each other. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> and, and the only reason that Power Rangers comes up is because we've cast so many of the actors. They are former Power Rangers. We, we just thought, why not make a film? Because um, our fans have asked us for years, when are you guys going to reunite? When are you going to work together again? So we finally figured out a project um, that we could do, and it would be more modern, exciting, full of action, and we'd give them exactly what they wanted. Well, that really does sound fantastic. But in the meantime, Australian fans can see you and David Yost in Sydney and Perth in June 
It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to be there as well, along with so many other fantastic guests. Yay! So it's going to be great. I, think I can't wait to meet you. Yeah. yeah I, I'm even... I'm I can't saying, wait to meet you. I found out this morning that I will be hosting your panel, I believe, um, in, in oh. Sydney, I think. So that's going to be fantastic. Nice. Well, you have to promise to morph with us because we usually, at the end of the panel, we get all of our, all the audience and every, we just all stand up together and we shoot a video where we all morph together because that's kind of a, a Power Ranger fan's dream is to morph. And so you'll have to do that with us. Oh, 100%. It's going to be great. Well, Karen, thanks so much for your time today. That was my chat with the lovely Karen Ashley. Now, I did have a little bit of a cold when that interview was recorded. So if I sounded just a smidge flatter than normal, do forgive me. I was on as many uh, cold and, uh, and nasal decongestants as I could be. Now, that is it for the show today and for the month. As always, you can check out my movie reviews of the latest hits over on the website under the movie reviews section. Download the Phoenix Files audio dramas starring BAFTA nominee Paul McGann and John Jarrett. You know you want to. They're on iTunes, Amazon, Google, and, of course, phoenixfilesaudio.com. And thanks to our incredible supporters, Palace, Nova Cinemas, and Mad Zombie Collectibles. Well, until next time, I've been your host, Benjamin Mayer McKay. See you soon. <laughs>